I have a couple of things I'd like to share with you before we go next door, and you can do a lot more talking. But especially in this day and age, when we're seeing what we're seeing out there, uh, even without Facebook, and we're recognizing a world that is seemingly coming apart, we learn from the scripture that it's not falling apart, it's falling into place. And so I would urge you, there's a phrase that the Bible uses, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'm going to ask this of you. This might be your first time for a long time in a church. Maybe you go to a church, maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, especially, could I please have your attention? I want you to know something. I'm not trying to get you to join this church. And I'm not trying to make you a Baptist. But there is a singular situation that took place 2,000 years ago. We're celebrating the beginning of it right now, and in a few months, we will celebrate the real victory. There was a man about the year 125 AD. He was a Greek. I would pronounce his name, but I would probably butcher it. But he was writing to a friend about something new that had come along. They were followers of a man named Christ, Christ Jesus. He was trying to explain to his friend, as far as he could tell, why it has been succeeding so much. In one of his letters, he wrote this. If any righteous man among the Christians passes from this world, they rejoice and offer thanks to God. And they escort his body with songs and thanksgiving as if he were setting out from one place to another nearby. And that's exactly what Sean did. In fact, we sang a song that's really quite familiar, except I, I, I hurt because there's so many that don't recognize why it was written there's a song called Amazing Grace. The man that wrote that song was a wretch for a while. He was the captain, eventually, of a slave ship. One day, they were in a storm. His mother had been a Christian. He had learned some verses, but he got away with it. He hated it. He liked his debauchery. But one day, they were in a storm. And in that... God touched his heart, and he cried out to the Lord, and that began a process where he got back into the Bible, and he realized indeed that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, you can't bring people to recognize their need of Christ through argument. It, 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 it can't be done. It just can't. I've tried. But there is a Bible 
And the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by the source of this book. It's the hearing when you allow the Lord to speak to you. It comes through that. There was a man that pastored not quite 100 years ago. It was actually the mid-1950s. His name was Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a pastor in London, England. And he put it greatly. He said, listen, faith is primarily thinking. Look at the stars, look at the trees, look at the birds in the air, look at the flowers of the field. Draw a conclusion. Where did they come from? How did they exist? I'm sorry, I don't have enough faith to believe in evolution. But I do believe in design. We've got a fellow right here. He's Sean's brother. He's a designer. Brian, you do cabinets, right? Okay, suppose I came to you and I said, hey, Brian, listen, I, I've got some cabinets that I'd like to do in my house. Uh, could you come over and do those for me? So Brian comes over and he looks around and he says, sure, you know, these things need replaced badly and you'd be right. So yeah, I, I've got an idea here. We'll, we'll do it. And I say, that's good. You're hired. What I've done is I have put my trust in Brian. That's what that Greek word means that translates most of the time faith, trust, and believe in the Bible. It doesn't mean mental assent. I can see Brian right here. I'm a little upset with him. He's taller than I am. My dad was six foot two. I didn't even really break 5'11". Go figure, no problem. I will not be bitter. But the point is this. I can put my faith and trust in him. Jesus Christ came along and he told his disciples this in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, the trust, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Because of the gospel, we know where Sean is. Because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That salvation is why Christ came. I know there are those that try to argue the point. Let me ask you something. When you got in your car to come here today, did you put in a key? The answer is yes, or you had a key in your pocket and you pushed a button. Point is this, you had something that authorized you to drive that. Why do you have the key? Because people steal. When you left your house, you locked it, or at least you hope you remember to do that. Why? Because people steal. There were people out there in funny-looking cars. They're black, they're white, they got lights on top. 
And when you drove here, there were out there making sure people obeyed laws because people don't always obey the law. Have you noticed that lately? My wife and I figure, okay, what's the day today? A couple of days ago, it was, let's make a lane do something it's not supposed to do. You're supposed to turn left? No, we're going to cut through the intersection. When you were coming, you saw those people. They're out there making sure that people don't break into your house or steal your car. In other words, Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. I'm a sinner. If you don't believe you're a sinner, ask a family member. See what they say. The point is this. The Bible says we have all come short of God's law. The law was given to show us we need something. Now, I don't have time to go from the very beginning of the Scripture all the way to the end to explain all this to you. But the Holy Spirit can help you recognize this because maybe you've heard this some. We've all sinned. In Romans 6, Paul wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the wages of sin is death. Now, a wage is what you earn. I don't know how much, Brian, you charge for cabinets, but I'll guarantee you it's probably worth it to to you know, pay you to do something because if I was to resurrect all my old tools, it ain't going to happen. The wages, what you earn for sin is death. The word death in the Bible means separation. When we die, we separate from our bodies. That's what Sean did. When we sinned, we separated from God. God has made a way to make it back. There are people will spend so much time in debating, why did it all take place? Answer, I don't know. I don't know completely. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote the church at Corinth, he said, but now we see through a glass darkly. In other words, there are some things that when we look, we can catch a little bit of a glimpse of, but we don't know the whole story. People will say, well, you just tell me, what about time and space? And my answer is, yeah, what about time and space? See, there are some things that nobody knows the answer to. But I do know the answer to this. My sin. The wages of sin is death, again, Romans 6.23. But the gift of God, different word, different word, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's what this is all about. That's what celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. Now, I please encourage you to think about this. Right now, in the world, there are situations and circumstances taking place that were prophesied in my Bible. I know in time past, there have been people, that, Hitler was the Antichrist. No, he wasn't the Antichrist, 
but he sure embodied some of it. We are coming to a time, though, where more and more these things are gelling together. I know that in speaking this, there are some people, they're not going to exactly be friendly about it. But if Sean was here, oh, the message he could preach. That's why we rejoice in this. Christ is coming, like we just read. But he's still speaking through his word. And so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Let me ask you something. If you died right now, where would you go? Stop and think about it. I can't argue you into heaven, but I can sure plead with you because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him, that word, should not perish but have everlasting life. I ask you, if you died right now, where would you go? My wife and I were in Israel. We were in the place where the Lord spoke these things. That was a joy. But just to see different areas where so much what took place there. The hardest one was when we were in the pit where they kept prisoners and where they kept Christ the night before he went to the cross. And I'm down there, we're down there, and thinking, my soul, he did this for me. He did this for me. He did it for us all. Romans 10 Verse 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, the word confess means to say the same thing as, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead because a dead Savior doesn't do you any good. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, see. With the mouth confession is made. In John 3, when Christ was speaking to Nicodemus, he said, ye must be born again. Literally, you must be born from above because we're dead in our sin. Now, I'm praying that at least one person in here is hearing this because right now I am seeing a desperate hour. And I'm telling you, Sean would love to see friends and family getting together, but more importantly than that, Sean would love to see someone make a choice where they find his Savior. All you need to do is recognize I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God. But Jesus Christ died for me according to the scripture. And if I put my faith and trust in him, you can't work your way to heaven. 
Ephesians 2 says, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. There's that word again. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You can't work your way to heaven. I can't work my way to heaven. It's by faith in Christ through the grace of God, the the unmerited favor that the Lord shows us. God so loved you. If there's nothing else that you remember, I want you to remember this. We got up here. I opened my Bible. I've got it memorized, but it's right here. Not, I don't have the whole Bible memorized. Brian, I'll never forget this. I told you I was doing construction. The guy that owned our company, he owned several. He, he was, the guy was well-to-do. Like, I mean, in 1980, he was worth $100 million. Anybody here like that? He had two sons, one younger and one a little bit older than me. They'd make fun of us. They'd make fun of us. Yeah, you know, those guys always talking about God. But the younger one, one time he came on the job and he was talking to our supervisor, great Christian guy, great guy. And he said, hey, Anton, where, where were those verses you were telling me about? And so he told him. And down the road a ways, he came back and said, now, now, now where were those other ones? What, what, what was that scripture passage? And he told him there. A little bit further down the road, he came on the job site. And he said, Anton, I got saved. I trusted Christ as my Savior. Never forget it. He had just ordered a brand new, right out of the crate, custom order for himself, Corvette. He got it. He kept it for six weeks. He took it to the Jag dealership, traded it in on a brand new Jag. He kept the Jag for six weeks. When you had the family last name that he had, you could do this. He went back to the Jag dealership, took the Jag back, got his money back, got the truck, drove onto the job site and said, Anton, it just doesn't mean anything anymore. You see, Christ changed his heart. That's what happens when you trust the Lord. He changes you from the inside out. Sadly, that's why there are some people that say no to the Lord because they want to hang on to things here. But do you realize what's happening to those things that so many people are hanging on to? You can't take it with you. That's more than just a silly little saying that people hold on to. This world is fading. Christ lives. I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm not going to embarrass anybody, and I mean that. But I've told you, this is how you trust Christ as Savior. I beg of you, I beg of you, 
to realize your need in Jesus Christ. If you don't, you know, no problem. Listen, we love you. You can eat. Have at it. But would you please do me this? Would every head be bowed and every eye closed? I'm not going to embarrass anybody, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed, if you would, please. If you want to know Christ as Savior, you come to the Lord, confessing Him as Savior, Lord, I have a need. I know because of my sin, I'm separated from you. Lord, I'm putting my faith and trust in you. Lord, would you please save me? Now, I'm not going to chase after you. That's for you to do if you want to come talk to me. But this is what this is all about. If you are praying that prayer right now, I have not trusted Christ, but I am trusting him as my Savior right now.